Welcome back to the Salt Podcast, where our vision and our mission is to prepare and create disciples ready to influence the world. My name's Jaden. And my name's Toby. And today we are joined by an extra special guest today. You might know him as Doug from the bookstore. You might know him as Doug, the HR guy. Doug, how are you going today? Yeah, good. Uh, very good. Thanks, guys. I'm pleased to be here today. Keen to have you. That's yeah, awesome. And it's uh, actually WHS, so work health and safety, not HR. Not HR, WHS. <laughs> so I'm so sorry. I got well, there that we go. Wrong. That's exactly what we wanted. We wanted to get to know you a bit better, and we have. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So, Doug, um, you've been, how long have you been here at college for? So I've been at college uh, 13 years now. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I've been uh, started out operating solely in the uh, bookshop space. But um, uh, over the years, I've been uh, transitioned into work health and safety. So yeah, it kind of forms a, a 65, uh, 35 split mm. um, with probably most of my time and efforts spent in the work health and safety space. Fantastic. And I trust that you're enjoying that so far. You still continue to do that. Is that something that really fascinates you or what drew you to to, to that? Well, I guess it was just a need on campus um, and we had lost some resources in that area and um, they needed someone to fill that position. And um, uh, I, I did have a bit of an interest in that. Yeah. And um, I guess it's, uh, it's something that you grow into. Um, if you if you tackle it and you have a, a a wish to to see you know people kept safe to see things operating smoothly, um, it's been an interesting learning curve. But um, I've enjoyed it, and mm. um, I think we've achieved a fair amount for the size of our our uni. Mm. Um, we've achieved achieved a fair amount in that space, and we've saved a fair amount of money as well. Oh, well that's always so good, isn't it? That's good. That's <laughs> fantastic. That's yeah. what I like to hear. Yeah. So. You've come with um, to us with some things that you wish you knew um, when you were younger, when you maybe you're in your twenties or something. Um, so, Doug, after you have got a vast knowledge of um, here at Avondale and lots of life experience, so where would you like to begin on this journey of what you wish you had have known? Well, I guess when the topic was brought to me um, by Renee, I uh, my initial thought was, uh, you know, what sprang to mind was that quote from George Bernard Shaw when he said, um, youth is wasted on the young. And um, <laughs> by inference, what he was saying is experience is wasted on the old. And I guess that's it. You know, there's so many things that you wish you, 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 you had known when you were younger that would have set you up um, for, for, for you know, far greater success later in life. Um, but, you know, this isn't about regrets. Mm-hmm. This isn't about, you know, just being sorry at missed opportunities or whatever. It's about, you know, life is life. You're still living life, you know, even in your, in your, in your fifties, your sixties, your seventies, your eighties, um, you still have, um, a contribution to make. And yeah, I think it's never too late to learn. Mm. So yeah, these are some little things that I kind of picked up along the way that I, I wished I'd focused on a little more clearly. Mm. Well, I was younger. the floor is yours. Let's get into it. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good. But of course, here. you know, this is from your 20s, yeah. so it's only like last year, right? Isn't that right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so um, just, you know, there's a little scripture that um, I, I, I thought about because I thought initially I was asked 10 things um, that you wished you knew. And um, I thought, well, really the 10 key things in life are really the the law of God, you know, the Ten Commandments. 
And, um, you know, if you could live up to those 10 Mm. things, you know, you'd be set up for success, no question. And, um, you know, there's a psalm uh, in, in Psalms 19 verse 79. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Now, Mm. if that's not a recipe for success, I don't know what is. Mm. You know, that sets everything right. You know, if you set your, your path in a righteous direction... Um, there's no doubt that 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 you will be blessed, mm-hmm. and um, so I guess yeah I started thinking in terms of that. But um, what I'm going to focus on are just maybe a few of the practical things in my life that um, you know I feel are important and we can all learn from. So the first one I want to I want to set up is is um, is is this thought that life is not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. You know when you're when you're young. Um, you you don't you don't think about death you don't think about dying um and that's really as it should be because life is full of promise you know and potential you have new possibilities um you know awaiting around just about every corner but um the truth is that death is ultimately no respect of persons mm. and um you know many of us have discovered i mean we've had um you know maybe friends family you know, that have had untimely passing. And um, I myself, when I was in my um, late 20s, uh, my elder brother was killed in a motor, co- motor vehicle accident, mm. unexpectedly, mm. and um, as these things are. Mm. And, um, you know, it made me reassess the, um, I guess, the security of my existence. <laughs> and you kind of realize that you have to live each day, take each day, uh, as precious and a gift from God, so I guess um, I guess we need to appreciate our family. We need to appreciate our home. We need to appreciate our friends. We need to appreciate the blessings we have. We also need to appreciate things like study. You know, the ability to study. So many of us. I mean, you know, it's a bit of a grind now. You guys are nearing exams, yeah, especially um, this time of year. That's uh, that's yeah, some fighting words. Right. Right <laughs> it is. Um, but ultimately, you're one of the privileged few that are able to, to, to study and be able to mm. um, gain information which few others have access to. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a wonderful gift. And um, Thomas Ken, there's a quote here. He says, live each day as if it were your last and someday you will be right. Um, wow. You know, it's pretty heavy. I don't want to start off on a glum note. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. You've hit us with a hard one. <laughs> this, this one's pretty rough. Pretty exactly. Heavy. It's good. <laughs> but um, it's important to realize that, you know, life is not always as predictable as you want it to be. Mm. And so learn to appreciate it, even in the tough times. Learn to appreciate that gift of life and that gift of youth that you have. Mm. I think that's um, such like a strong message, especially for this year. It's been nothing like anyone expected. Exactly, Um, And it has been hard, I think, at times to just stop and reflect and be thankful that we have life. It's so hard to get caught up in whether it be 
um, the politics or the, um, you know, why COVID had to hit this year or whatever it may be. It's been hard to be positive this year. And I think having a perspective like that completely flips that on its head. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I really like that. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely heard the first part of that, that quote that you were quoting there, um, live each day like it's your last. And like I've heard that before. But when you just add that because someday you might be right or you will be right, it's like, wow, that really puts into perspective. It's... Yeah, heavy. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the next one I, I want to maybe touch on is, is is this thought that you must be a relentless seeker after truth. Ooh, um, wow. I really believe that. You know, we, we live in a time where everyone has an opinion. Okay? <laughs> Everyone's got an opinion. And that's in itself not a bad thing because if you didn't have an opinion, you wouldn't be exercising your own judgment. Mm. You need to, if you if you have a judgment, you're making an opinion. So that's important. But um, kind of this world we're living in is a world of information overload. And um, we've got to learn to sift our sources. And, and to me, this is primary. I mean, in tertiary education, you, you, you learn that you have to go to primary sources, mm. you know, all the time. You're told, you know, uh, you, you, need, you, need to, you need to find the primary source. And I believe in our personal lives, in our day-to-day lives, we need to do the same. Um, don't be scared to be different. Um, mm. You know, um, kind of every one of us has been blessed with unique talents, unique opportunities, unique perspectives, and and don't be scared of that. Um, it's so easy to buy into groupthink, um, and and society is is kind of driving us into different groups. Mm. And if you don't align with a, a specific group, you know, you, you you perhaps don't feel validated, but don't be scared of being your own man. Mm. Don't be scared of being your own woman. Mm. Um, so to me, it's, it's key that we are relentless seekers after truth. Seek after primary sources. Try and find a primary source. Um, if, you, if you hear something, don't just believe what you hear. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Try and try and validate that, and that goes into personal relationships as well. Mm. Um, you know, when you hear things about someone, don't just believe it. Mm-hmm. Chat to the person. Mm. Try and find out exactly what they mean. And I think um, I think ultimately you'll be rewarded um, for you know and respected for 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 showing that courage to stand for for truth. Yeah. So that's the second one. Be a relentless seeker after truth. Mm, that's a good one because yeah, like you said, you often hear that you know, try find primary sources, and you, you yeah, you just get batted over the head with like how to find good sources and referencing and everything like that in um, academia and here at um, university college. Um, but yeah, um, having like the that passion or that that yearning to seek that in your personal life in your daily life, I think that's yeah. If it's if it's important enough to be used in um, in an essay or in a writing in a journal article or whatever, then why isn't it important enough in our personal lives, in our, mm. in our daily lives? I Ab- think that's, yeah. Absolutely. I think that, you know, think of the drama that could be um, avoided if when you hear a rumour you just go and talk to the person instead of asking the someone next person and passing that on. It can mm-hmm. just, the amount of pain that could be avoided just by going to the primary source. That's, yeah, that's good advice. Mm. That's okay. So the next one, cultivate integrity. Cultivate integrity. Now, I, I believe that most people aren't born with a default to integrity. Um, it's because our first instinct is an instinct for self-preservation. Mm. We want to look after number one. You know, if we if we pushed, um, we, we tempted to do something that's self-serving. 
And um, so, I mean, where do we get this integrity from? Um, you know, I guess we learn it from our parents. We learn it from our teachers. Perhaps we learn it from our schools. We learn it perhaps um, um, even from personal spiritual study. You might, mm. you, you know, you'll, you'll certainly pick up. So we learn, it, we learn about integrity from different sources. But, um, you know, it's something that we constantly are developing. Um, and, you know, one thing I want to touch on is I can look back at my life and I can recall specific incidents, even now, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid-50s. I can look back and, um, and when I say mid-50s, past mid-50s. <laughs> generous um, mid-50s. Yeah, mid generous <laughs> mid-50s. But when I, when I look back, you know, I can recall incidents that I'm ashamed of, mm. you know, in my life. I've done things that have brought me a sense of shame. And um, I guess kind of counseling and psychology and these kind of things, are, you, you kind of get the impression that people say shame is bad. But actually, I believe shame is a good thing. Wow. I believe shame is a powerful motivating factor for change. Mm. And that shame helps you to be able to... Um, shift your perspective, to be able to redo, if you get the opportunity, um, a response that you would have, you know, uh, that, you, that you perhaps erred in a previous situation. Um, so for me, I think shame is a powerful motivating factor. Mm. Uh, and I think we shouldn't, um, we shouldn't try and bury it. We shouldn't try and hide it away and say, well, you know, you shouldn't. I'm not talking about the kind of shame that um, someone who's a a, 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 a a kind of, you know, a victim or an unwilling participant in something mm. might feel, um, you know, when they've been powerless in a situation and, and, and that's kind of an unwarranted shame that they feel, you know, um, for, 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 for something that's perhaps happened to them. I'm talking about shame that happens when you intentionally do something that you know is not mm. right. Mm. Um, so, you know, shame and regret motivates us to develop strength and strategies uh, to avoid the kind of traps we fell into. So to me, shame is important. And Dwight Moody, who uh, was a famous minister, he once said, character is what you are in the dark. So when we cultivate integrity, it's a lifelong process. Does that mean... We're not going to make mistakes, absolutely not, but learn from that. And, mm. and I think that's, um, you know, that's, that's another key takeaway, I believe. Mm. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, really integrity. Powerful. Yeah, like who you are when, when no one's watching. Um, yeah, super powerful. And I love what you, how you touched on shame and how you really made it, like, not normalised it, but really made it something um, to be aware of and to use it as a tool. Because I think a lot of people do get kind of sucked into the... Um, the black hole that shame can be and it really really like yeah drains their um, drains them and and sucks their life into this thing that that it's just this downward spiral um, but analyzing it and taking a step back and looking at it and using it as a tool to to improve and to develop and to um, become better um, there's so much hope in that there's so much hope in that and so um, yeah, shame, yeah, as you said, sounds is really, really important and something that we can definitely use. And I think, yeah, I think a lot of people's mindset on shame can be shifted and, and probably should be. Yeah. Anyway, I, yeah, I, I just think it's a, it really is a powerful motivating factor. Mm. 
And uh, the next thing I want to kind of look at is um, be gentle in your judgment of others. Mm. Um, it's so easy to be harsh or rush to a snap judgment. But, um, you know, if there's one thing that time and experience has taught me, it's that we need to be gentle when judging other people. Because um, gentleness and compassion leave the door open for future reconciliation. So mm. to be able to reconcile with someone in future, it's useful that you you might have been gentle in your initial judgment or in judging others. And and there's that saying that it says, don't judge a man until you've walked two moons in his moccasins. <laughs> and, and that's a very, uh, to me, it, it makes a lot of sense um, to try and put yourself in someone else's position. I try not to, I try not to judge people before I have understood why they do what they do, why they think what they think, why they, you know, perhaps react the way they react. Uh, you know, don't always get it right, but try and be gentle in our judgments. And mm. heck, that is so important when you're married too. <laughs> that is so important. So anyway, that's it. I think once you understand God's love and forgiveness, you know, you can't help but uh, that can't help but be an influence in the way you evaluate other people and the way you treat other people. Mm. Anyway. Now the next one, I guess, is linked to it, and that's um, say sorry. Um, um, don't ever be proud, too proud to say you're sorry. Um, I, I, it's one thing I have learned in life, um, and I think I learned that um, from my dad, um, you know, he always said to you, to me, he used to say, make sure you keep your slate clean. And by that, I think he meant that don't, don't on your side, um, put up obstacles that, 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 that someone else can't, that, that, that are obstacles between you and another person in a relationship. Always make sure, even if you don't feel that you've been in the wrong, that you've been, if you feel you've been wronged, even if you don't feel that the other person is right, don't be scared to say you're sorry. It takes character. It takes it takes um, resolve. It takes some kind of self-awareness, but also um, um, it's it's it, if, if someone has a knowledge of their self-worth, it's easier to say sorry because mm -hmm. you've got nothing to lose. You know who you are. You don't have to be scared to say you're sorry. And I think it's it's a powerful thing in our lives to be able to say sorry. Mm -hmm. um, uh, anyway, mm -hmm. that's just um, another point that I just felt uh, is important. Um, I guess the other thing is, um, is to be generous. So that's another one. Be generous. So it's learning to give freely without thought of return. Mm. Um, so share your talents, your blessings, your time with others because um, I really do believe that the more that flows out of your cup, the more your cup will be filled. Mm. So learn to be generous with, with, with your time. Um, you know, they say the Dead Sea um, is salty because all the water flows in and nothing flows out. <laughs> Yeah. That's great. I love and that. And the minerals <laughs> just build up and it gets <laughs> salty and it gets, um, you know, it's, it's to the point where you, you can't drink the water because it's toxic. Mm. So, you know, the more we give, the more we'll be filled, the more we'll be able to bless others. Mm. That's powerful. Yeah, I love that. Mm. 
I'm going to steal that one for sure. Funny. <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted, to, uh, the, the other thing I learned is uh, learn to make your bed. <laughs> and what I mean by that is um, if you want to develop into a responsible person, you, you've got to assume personal responsibility. And I remember as a teenager, things used to end up underneath my bed. <laughs> you know? It's the only way to clean your um, room, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and you, you just have to wander through Watson to know that that's, <laughs> that's absolutely true to this day. Um, you know, things end up under the bed. and um, But to start off with the little things, start assuming responsibility for the care just in your room. Um, and that, that kind of develops, I believe it develops character. Mm. If you take responsibility for the little things, washing the dishes, cleaning your mess, making your bed, I believe uh, it creates a pattern of self-discipline. Um, and it just helps you later on in life. Um, uh, of course, you can take that too far because, uh, you know, someone said tidy room, tidy mind, but Albert Einstein actually said, he said, if a cluttered desk is a sign of a cluttered mind, of what then is an empty desk a sign? <laughs> now, I know my wife had a fridge magnet, um, you know, that, that, that said that. And um, it's absolutely true, you know. Um, you know, sometimes artistic people, creative people, they're a little bit messy, and that's mm -hmm. fair enough. But um, I think we need to, especially as young folk, you know, when you're young, take responsibility for the little things. Um, don't just be slack about it because you're not going to learn those lessons of self-discipline. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I'm quiet. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was just thinking through that one. I can remember uh, it still happens every now and again. There's a, a video that goes does the circuit every now and again on Facebook and it's of this admiral talking about how you should make your bed at the beginning of the day. And during my teenage years, mum would share that to my Facebook wall like, twice a year and so you, you know I've gone through it I've deleted it so it's only there once now but it used to be there like five or six times yeah. and I, I, I don't know I, it's always been something that I just like the the task of making your bed and it's just like I've always looked at it as yeah right whatever everyone says you should start your day by that because it starts it off right you accomplish a task you take personal responsibility and I've always looked at that and like yeah rightio whatever <laughs> but I think um yeah, as, as I've gotten older, I, I've realised at, you know, while making your bed is that not that much of a task, it really does um, just the, the concept of taking responsibility for something that is yours on such a small level, um, once you start doing that, all of a sudden things just start falling into place because you feel like you can do it. And I think it reminds me of um, the, the parable of the talents when the... Um, the, the manager of the farm or whatever gave out the different t amount of talents and they all did their own thing. One buried them, they all went out and invested it. And it's, it's taking responsibility and, and managing your own life. Um, and then we're going to be able to manage much bigger things. And I think it's important yeah. for us if we want to be um, successful, not only in our, our careers, our personal lives, but I think more importantly in in playing our part for the mission of Christ, to be able to take responsibility for things so that we are able to go out and um, be good good representatives of Christ to the world. And so I, I think, um, you know, as I, as I was thinking through that, making the bed and, and, and all of everything that you said to me comes back to the idea of, um, it, it's very biblical, but it's very... Um, 
oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It sort of it makes you into a person that whoever looks at you, they're going to go, wow, that person is a good person. What? Where, where does that come from? What is that? And I think if we can be people of integrity, if we can be people that don't judge, if we can be people that make our beds, um, <laughs> that we can be the best witnesses for Christ, that we can be the best representatives on this earth that we, we can be. Yeah, that's an amazing point. And I, I really, I do, I do resonate with that, absolutely, because I think that, you know, any kind of perfect Christian living, as, you know, you might have heard, you know, mm. living this perfect life, I think that anything like that is really just equipping you to be able to serve better for God. Mm. It's not for your own mm. virtue. It's not for your own achievements. It's just to be, to make you a better tool for service. Mm. And that's what SALT's all about, isn't it? I yeah. mean, that's what you guys are yeah. trying to do is, you know, equip for service. Yeah. And I guess that's all it does. Mm. So it's not for our own kind of self-gratification. Yeah, absolutely. But um, it helps. I got, I got a question for you. <laughs> yes. Um, so, at what age were you able to make your own bed without needing reminding? <laughs> <laughs> for me, it was pretty early on. Hey, I guess. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Uh, one memorable one is um, um, I couldn't have been, you know, more than about two or three or four. I can't remember. And for some reason, I dreamt I was, you know, going to the loo that night, and I. I weed in my bed and, you know, I wet my bed. And I guess that was the first time I really made my bed without my mum asking because she came in and she looked and she said, but that's amazing, you know. And then she realised that it wasn't just amazing. I was trying to cover something. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess, um, no, I learned pretty young to, to make my bed. But, um, hey, you know, I've, I've, I've you know... I, you know, the, the, there are many other things which I didn't ever learn to do properly. Mm. But um, anyway, we'll get into some of those maybe. But um, <laughs> one of the things I believe is important is exercise now. Mm. And when I say exercise now, I mean don't wait for, you know, next year. We all, you know, we're nearing the end of the year. It's kind of New Year's resolution is going to happen in January. People sign up for gym memberships. They do this and that. But exercise now. Exercise while you're young. And why I say that is because when you get older, often life intervenes and you slack off and you don't, you don't keep it up. You don't exercise as regularly, you know, and, and you know, eating habits and, and all sorts of things intervene and maybe a sedentary lifestyle, maybe your work involves you sitting at desk a lot and you don't get out and play basketball like you blokes do and, you know, play touch footy and what have you. And... All of a sudden, you know, those if, if you if you haven't exercised while you're young, you find that you're not banking those credits. <laughs> and I believe exercising when you're young is banking credits for later on in life. <laughs> it allows you to bounce back if you get ill, you know, allows mm. you to bounce back far quicker. If you have an injury, allows you to, to heal more quickly. Um, I honestly think that... Um, that you need to exercise while you're young because it's going to stand you in good stead later on in life. Mm. So right now is the time that you're banking credits <laughs> for when you're my, my age, honestly. Do you feel personally attacked? I feel personally attacked. <laughs> 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 a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's a challenge, isn't it? It's, a, it's a real challenge. Yeah, it's just, yeah. No, but I do understand the importance. And, yeah, like you said, the um, yeah, I love how you added the now afterwards because mm. everyone talks about exercise. Everyone talks about, you know, how important it is mm. and, and all of that. But, um, and, yeah, like, oh, I'll start 
you know, New Year's, I'll start January 1st or, or I'll start, oh, I'll start Monday when the weekend's over and then Monday comes around and then oh, I'll just start next Monday. And it's why, why are we starting, why are we selecting these specific times that's convenient for our future selves when it's not convenient for our present selves? Like, let's just make it convenient for us right now, get into it or else it actually is just never going to happen. So I think that's a great point. So the message is don't pause the podcast. Wait till the end of it, then go exercise. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. And you know what? Hey, I mean, these are things that are nice to know um, and they, they, they're really great if you can implement them. But the point is that they're just going to be nice to know if you don't actually do something about it. Mm. And so, um, yeah, hey, um, you know, it'd be great if, if, if some of these things can resonate and you can do some of these things. My, the important thing I'm trying to get across, though, is if you do it now while you're young, um, it's going to stand you in great stead. It's like it's like putting away money in your super. Mm. Um, you know, if you don't put in money in your super, when you retire, you're going to have nothing to to live off. Mm. And basically, exercise now is going to is going to set you up absolutely for later mm. on in life. Mm-hmm. The other thing uh, we can touch on, and we have to, is that I believe it's important that you read books. Mm. <laughs> and obviously, <laughs> as uh, kind of the bookshop manager, I'm, in, I'm uh, inviting you all to come through and and and, and pick up a good book. Um, but um, you know, I've always loved reading, and I know for some people, it's not as um, you know, it's not as it doesn't come as naturally, but it's something you can learn. Mm. And um, you know, we live in an age of instant gratification. You know, if you if you if you it's it's so much easier to watch a movie. You get this this instant dump of 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 information. You get you get sound. You get picture. You get um, um, you know the the the, the audio. Um, you actually don't have to think. Um, mm. You you don't have to think. You don't have to exercise any kind of uh, any kind of uh, self discipline. It, it's to me. I liken it to buying a gift. Um, it's so much easier to buy a, um, you know, to just go out and, and get, a, get a gift card or a gift voucher for someone instead of actually taking the thought and the time and the care to go and, and seek out something particularly for that person. Something like food, you know, it's easy mm. to go to Macca's and just pick up something, you know, um, off the shelf ready. Um, whereas, um, you know, if you take the time, um, to cook a meal from scratch, it's quite different. Mm-hmm. And uh, reading a book is like that. It delays that there's, 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 there's this, this, you know, it's no longer this instant self-gratification. We have to actually take time, sit down, exclude, uh, concentrate a little bit, exclude the world around mm-hmm. us, focus, exercise our imagination, and so on. I think it's important to read. And, and many great, um, you know, people that have done well in, in business and, um, and, and in life, you'll find that they're voracious readers and they read, they read mm-hmm. good stuff. Mm-hmm. I believe, you know, read a little bit of, you know, read something for entertainment, yes, but read some good biographies, read mm-hmm. good, um, you know, um, books that will feed your mind, feed your brain. So what, what's your, what are you reading at the moment and what's your number one book recommendation? <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I'm pleased you asked me that because I just had a little look on my, 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 um, my bedside table last night because I've got a few books lined up there that I read and I dip into um, most evenings. Um, one of the first ones I have there is Jeffrey Masson. He wrote a book called um, When Elephants Weep hmm. and it's about the emotional lives of animals. So basically he's talking about anthropomorphism or when animals 
feel emotions like humans do. And it's a fascinating read. Um, it really is a, you know, a fascinating exposition of, 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 of you know, the, the wonders of nature and, and the emotional life of animals. So that's, that's a great book. Mm. There's a, another wonderful book called Understanding Jesus by Stephen Miller, who is a journalist. And um, it's a book about uh, the life of Jesus, um, you know, and he goes into the culture when Jesus was around, uh, was living, you know, what the culture was like, and he runs through some of the stories of Jesus and, and, and tries to contextualize it. It's a fantastic read. It's a fantastic mm. read. Um, wow. So um, as someone, now don't t- tell my lecturers yeah. this, but some, I don't read a lot at all. In fact, yeah. I pretty much never read. Um, I, sure, I read the Bible, but that's pretty much the only book I've really ever read. So I'm definitely one of these people that you could argue doesn't enjoy reading. Um, so how, what would your advice be to me? How can I get into it? If I just, if I just don't enjoy it, what's, how can I step into it? What are some books I could start or what kind of books will I start reading? How do I get into reading for someone like me? So start off with something like, um, I don't know, numbers in in King James version of the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, or Leviticus maybe. Um, yeah, I think I think what you've got to do is find what your where your interests lie. Mm-hmm. And even if it's something trivial, even if it's, you know, if it's just light entertainment, start off with that. Um, and then, you know, I've noticed my my tastes have changed over the years. So mm-hmm. start off with stuff that interests you. You know, even if it's reading about, you know, cars and modifications to cars and all sorts of things like that, I think, I think that's great. Um, you know, anything it, sooner or later, as you as you as you get older and you know, y- your tastes start to change, um, you'll you'll start to veer away, hopefully, from some of the more you know perhaps the less less serious stuff and and get into uh, get into stuff that's really quite quite intriguing and, 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 you know, is, is, is really mindful stuff. Mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, a book that I'm reading now at the moment, um, and I've read a few of them when I was in my 20s, I did read some of Alexander Solzhenitsyn's stuff, but I never ever read The Gulag Archipelago. It's kind of a seminal work um, that led to the downfall of, um, of, of, of communism, really, in Russia. Mm. Um and it's a it's a it's it's an incredible book. It's it takes a lot of courage to read because it's it's very dark. Mm. You know, it reveals the 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 ills of the prison system in the Soviet Union of, wow. of the day. Um, but um, you know, something like that is is important for young people to read because if we don't remember our history, you know, mm. we're doomed to repeat the mistakes of the past. Mm. So for me. Um, something like that. I'd recommend that. That's probably one of my top to dos. Mm. And I'm about halfway through now, and wow. uh, it hasn't taken me long. So <laughs> it's a, it's really a powerful read. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well. I wish this conversation could keep going on and on, but we are running out of time. So yes. can you give us one more piece of advice? One more piece of advice. I guess um, you know I've got I've got I've ca- I kind of have quite a few still, but what I'm going to say. You can give us a summary. Is, no, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go into all these things. What I'm going to say is that to me probably the most important thing is that God won't stop forgiving. Wow. Um, yeah. You know, nothing we ever do or have done is beyond the pale. Mm. 
you know, and, and for a young person to know that God will never stop forgiving. Um, don't ever think you've passed the point where you cannot be forgiven, mm. where there's no redemption, there's no hope for you, that God doesn't love you anymore. Um, to me, that's the most important thing. And I, I'm going to just read here in Psalms 103, God says, He's removed our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. Mm. And then, of course, Romans, in, 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 you know, in, uh, Paul writes in Romans, he says, neither height nor depth nor anything else in creation will be able to separate, separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I just think, you know, they're really, they're like incredible truths. And they're mm. truths that really, they're almost unbearable, frankly, to know that God loves us that much. It's almost unbearable. And because of that, um, I'm going to read something else um, that, um, that King David said. He said, when he I kind of understood that God's love is just so awesome, that it's just so unending, that it just loves you to the uttermost, that he forgives you and separates your sin as far apart as is absolutely possible. Um, King David says this, he says, My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, yes, that truth about God is just almost unbearable. But it's good that it's unbearable because it breaks us. And when it breaks us, you know, we know that God hears us. Yeah, that's beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. Um, you something to say? No, no, no. You, <laughs> I was just going to say that what I really appreciated um, about what you had to say today, Doug, was it didn't it, it didn't give us a picture of someone who is perfect. It just gives us a picture of someone who is doing their best to be a, a good person through life. It's not someone that doesn't make mistakes. It's not someone who, you know, is just that perfect person you always look to and think there's something that's got to be wrong there, right? It's a yeah. person that just is... Um, trying to not be judgmental, is always saying sorry when they stuff up and is um, letting the things that they do wrong and their mistakes and that shame be a cause for change. And I think that's a beautiful picture of a person. Um, and then you add in the fact that, you know, no matter what you've done, God will forgive you. I think it's a really nice spot to tie together, to, uh, to tie today done. Um, so I want to thank you for joining us. It's been a really big pleasure to hear from you. I've loved it. Absolutely, yeah. This has been one of the most intriguing conversations we've had. Yeah. It's been really awesome. I wish we had it's more time. <laughs> yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, so, guys. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Um, remember to comment, rate, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to on. Get in contact with us through um, Instagram or Facebook. Just look up Salt Avondale College and I'm sure you'll be able to find us. But thank you so much for listening. And remember, as always, be the light on the top of the hill and the salt of the earth.